Coming up on We Talk News This Week, safe banking takes another hit in Congress and it is removed from the defense budget bill. Next week, New Jersey will start taking license applications for their new adult use legal market. Plus, the big gets bigger in the Bay State as Netta opens its third dispensary in Massachusetts. And yes, there's a weed recall in a Midwest state. Elena Pinto will have it all on We Talk News next. Pro-Cannabis Media Programming and PCM-TV is supported by Revolutionary Clinics, Massachusetts' number one medical dispensary where the patient comes first. And by Salient Systems for Video Surveillance. You've got regulations, Salient has solutions for your security needs. And by Accounting Buds, your number one CPA specialist for the cannabis industry. And by Artery Pay, easy, cheap, fun, and legal just like cannabis should be. We are pro-cannabis media. Hi, everyone. I'm Elena Pinto for Pro Cannabis Media and Weed Talk News. The end of 2021 is upon us, and all cannabis advocates want for Christmas is for Congress to stop dragging their feet when it comes to passing cannabis reform. Comprehensive bills like the MORE Act, CAO Act, and SRA are all stalled, and it doesn't look likely that any of them will pass before next year's midterms, where Democrats are likely to lose control of at least one, if not both, chambers. This leaves us with the option to pass the safe banking bill, which lawmakers were trying to include in the must-pass National Defense Act. But, but out of fear it wouldn't be passed, it looks like language for cannabis banking protections has been nixed from the defense bill. Some advocates say the safe banking bill isn't worth pushing without including more social equity measures. Either way, it's looking likely that cannabis will remain a volatile cash-only industry, at least for the next few years. With more from the nation's capital, here's Vote Pro Podcast, Phil Adams. Phil. Hi, I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast, and this is the Weed Talk News DC Report. Provisions of the Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act approved by the House of Representatives were not included in the final version of the National Defense Authorization Act. Negotiations between the House and Senate failed to produce a deal to attach an amendment to the NDAA protecting banks that serve state legal cannabis businesses from federal penalties. The chief sponsor of the amendment, Representative Ed Perlmutter of Colorado, expressed his disappointment yesterday, but vowed to keep cannabis banking reform front and center, saying, quote, the will of the people will prevail. Lawmakers continue to pressure the Biden administration to make good on his campaign pledge to provide relief to Americans with cannabis convictions. Last week, a group of House members sent yet another letter to the president, urging him to use his executive authority to pardon those convicted of nonviolent cannabis offenses, including individuals currently serving time. The letter signed by representatives Earl Blumenauer of Oregon, Barbara Lee of California, and Jamal Bowman of New York is the latest in a series of such requests delivered to the White House during Biden's first year in office. To date, however, the only pardons issued by this president were to Thanksgiving turkeys. 
Two federal drug agencies have signed on to a White House proposal to streamline the process of researching Schedule I drugs, including marijuana. Both the Drug Enforcement Administration and the National Institute on Drug Abuse say they support the change to the federal drug scheduling system proposed by the Office of National Drug, Col uh, drug Control Policy. The proposal seeks to encourage broader study of the potential risks and benefits of cannabis by simplifying the registration process and expanding access to Schedule I research. In a written statement, the DEA said, quote, such research is a critical part of DEA's mission to protect public safety and health. That's the Weed Talk News DC report for this week. I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast. Also in the US Capitol, the DEA and National Institute on Drug Abuse say they're in favor of a proposal to streamline the research of Schedule One substances. Schedule One substances like heroin or psychedelics are said to have no medicinal value and by law are not able to be studied. For some reason, cannabis has always been part of that Schedule One group. Short of descheduling the plant, the least the government could do is allow scientists to study cannabis and its effects. The DEA says expanding access to Schedule One research will only benefit public health and safety. Speaking of studies, researchers in Colorado say legal weed is helping create jobs. Looking at eight years of data, researchers found that unemployment fell in counties in which dispensaries opened and overall employment increased, particularly in manufacturing. They also found that there was no negative effect on worker productivity, putting the old lazy stoner stereotype to bed. With more from the business world of weed, Deborah Borchardt has our Green Market Report. This is your business update from Green Market Report for We Talk News. This week included National Brownie Day, and what better way to celebrate than creating the world's largest edible and infused brownie? Mary Mid did just that. They unveiled the world's largest cannabis-infused brownie in celebration at the launch of their new brand, Bubby's Bake. And the news went crazy. It even landed on the Jimmy Kimmel Show. There were a few acquisitions this week to discuss. Till Ray is buying Breckenridge Distillery, a leading distilled spirits platform located in, you guessed it, Breckenridge, Colorado. They're widely known for their bourbon whiskey collection. They didn't disclose how much they paid for the company, but Till Ray did say that the acquisition will be immediately accretive to EBITDA and will probably see cannabis-infused whiskey in the future. Agrify is buying the extraction company Pure Pressure for $9 million. They are an extraction company that also does advanced ice water hash processing. And Fire and Flowers buying Pineapple Express Delivery, that's Canada's largest delivery and logistics company, for $5.3 million. And that's it for this week. I'm Deborah Borchardt from the Green Marker Report for We Talk News. On Thursday, December 9th, the NACB and the Merge teamed up to host an all-day webinar called Race Forward, the Future of Social Equity Summit. Data shows that the U.S. still struggles to recognize the harm done to communities of color and the failed war on drugs. There were multiple panels featuring many of the movers and shakers in cannabis who continue to work toward federal and state reform. Lenise Martin, executive director of the Hood Incubator, Kelly Perez, the co-founder of Cannabis Doing Good, and many more took part in the all-day webinar. In international news, Mexico's Supreme Court has thrown out barriers 
to low THC cannabis production. The court solidifying an earlier ruling that laws against growing cannabis below 1% THC are unconstitutional. One company says the decision will now allow them to commercialize low THC and CBD products. And with more global cannabis headlines, here's Stephen Arthur George with our new European report. Stephen. I'm Stephen Arthur George with Kai Advisors in Lisbon, Portugal. This is the European Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. The European Union raises the maximum THC levels in hemp to 0.3%. After over a decade of work, the European Industrial Hemp Association was happy to report the change from 0.2 to 0.3% THC for industrial hemp. This expands growing options and will allow more hemp varieties to enter the European Union. Hemp activists consider this one a win. The 0.3% THC content aligns it with the US, only Switzerland allowing 1% THC in their hemp products. The EIHA says they will continue to work with the regulators moving forward. The European Medicines Agency Committee on Herbal Medicines Products starts revision on GACP guidelines. Over the past few years, we've seen growing concerns and questions over the good agriculture and collection practices certifications, which are needed for the cultivation of medical cannabis here in Europe. This caused the HMPC to take action and draft concept revision papers with the intent of addressing stakeholder requests on clarifications. The revision is being performed to address the starting materials of herbal origin under the guideline on good agriculture and collection practices and will bring more clarity for industry stakeholders. The German stock exchange is now attracting South African cannabis companies. With individual governments in Europe, as well as the European Union starting to make progress in policy around cannabis, as mentioned previously, the continent is also attracting more investment. Countries abroad in Africa and South America are looking for ways to import products to supply the growing demand. On top of that, companies like Labad Africa, which is a fully integrated cannabis healthcare company out of South Africa, just listed on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange in hopes of attracting more investment. That's the European Cannabis Report. I'm Stephen Arthur George from Kai Advisors, reporting for Weed Talk News. City supervisors in San Francisco have unanimously approved an ordinance to suspend cannabis taxes in the city through the end of next year. Voters approved a citywide sales tax on cannabis products, but now city leaders say the illicit market is rampant and legal regulated businesses are struggling to compete. By not charging any tax on cannabis products in 2022, the hope is that consumers will be driven to those regulated storefronts, not the streets. With more from the Golden State, Christopher Smith has our California report. Thanks for the intro, guys. Here's the California Roundup for Weed Talk News. If you've heard of the Boston Tea Party, you'll understand why California cannabis operators consider withholding taxes in protest against California's recent move to raise cultivation taxes by another 4.5% starting next year. Our cannabis tax rate is already as high as 45% in some jurisdictions, which is the main reason why the illicit market is twice as large as the legal industry here. 
Add in, add in the flash mob robberies that have targeted our businesses lately with the inadequate response from law enforcement, and many are feeling too much taxation and not enough representation. After almost 90 years of spewing lies about cannabis, you would think that the propaganda machine would be busted or at least running out of gas. But nope, here's the latest from the Cannabis Haters Club, where one cigarette away, illegal, illegal pot farms pose wildfire risk in California's parched national forests. Now, no thoughtful people I know believe much of this, but our enemies are still trying this month. They claim that illicit cannabis operators smoking cigarettes are going to burn down our national forests and possibly Los Angeles itself. Let's move on to another area famous for fantasy, West Hollywood, where what's old is new. The city of 35,000 is planning to become the weed capital of the world with 40 new cannabis licenses over the next year. It's all part of its ambition to twist up a WeHo fatty from the city's artistic and social vibe sprinkled with cannabis. The new concept has a familiar name, Emerald Village. Following this yellow brick road are Patricia Arquette, Jay-Z, Bill Maher, and Woody Harrelson. Arquette's an investor in a cannabis lounge. Jay-Z has backed the, can the parent company, recently bought the all-female-run dispensary called Calma, while Maher and Harrelson are behind a lounge and dispensary that's currently under construction. And perhaps... The Wizard of Oz himself, Jason Beck, will become the Wizard of WeHo. We don't know, but the city expects to find $6 million in annual taxes once all the licensed businesses are open. And it sounds like a dream come true. And I'm Christopher Smith from the American Cannabis Report, sending peace and love over the rainbow to Weed Talk News. City leaders in Portland, Oregon have approved a $1.3 million fund to provide grants to hard-hit dispensaries. Shops have been hit with a record-setting number of burglaries and robberies in the past two years, as well as the pandemic and wildfires. This makes the city of Portland the first local U.S. government to allocate cannabis tax revenue to an emergency fund for industry retailers. Sticking with the West Coast, Joshua Kincaid has our Washington State Report. Josh. I'm Josh Kincaid from the Talking Hedge with the Washington State Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. The Washington State Liquor and Cannabis Board approved filing for proposed cannabis testing rule changes affecting growers who use pesticide and heavy metals. So I had a friend who had two collapsed lungs recently from heavy metals that he bought from concentrates purchased on the legacy market. And that's because pesticide screening and heavy metal testing is only upon request as necessary, but not required. So the proposed testing is for every 50 pound bag, but ultimately it's gonna cost businesses more due to the additional tests. So this could result in more consolidation as businesses weigh the additional cost burden. But on the flip side, consumers and patients alike may have more peace of mind, shifting consumer demand to brands that, ex that exercise pesticide and heavy metal free methods, speeding up that capitulation. But next week, you guys are gonna find out why cannabis cafes in Washington state are a class C felony. But with that, we're gonna have to roll up this Washington state cannabis report I'm Josh Kincaid from the Talking Hedge reporting for Weed Talk News. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. New info on Michigan's weed recall, the largest one in the state's history. Officials now say at least 18 people complained of allergic reactions and other health concerns, including hospitalization after consuming the recalled bud. A large portion of that recall has since been lifted by a judge. With that, let's check in with Michigan Normal Director Rick Thompson. Rick. 
This is the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. Let's begin. The Marijuana Regulatory Agency says 18 people have reported illnesses associated with the massive recall of cannabis surrounding the Veritas Labs scandal. The lab scandal involves improperly tested cannabis from Veritas Labs. It involves 64,000 pounds of cannabis worth about $230 million and is the largest in state history, or at least it was the largest, until a court of claims judge chopped the recall in half. The MRA originally sanctioned both Veritas in Bay City and Veritas in Lansing for improper testing, but during court proceedings, MRA Representative Claire Patterson revealed that the only samples of cannabis from Veritas Lansing had failed cannabis retesting. The agency claimed the two locations share the same standard operating procedures, and if there was a deficiency in one lab, it must also be a deficiency in the other. But the Court of Claims judge rejected that notion by upholding the recall against Veritas Lansing and lifting the recall against Veritas Bay City. Ms. Patterson's testimony was that 27% of cannabis from Veritas Labs, which was retested under the recall, had failed that retest, having positive results for biological contamination such as mold, aspergillus, or biological agents. Some of the 27% that failed was from the Bay City Lab, Patterson said, although recalled Veritas cannabis from Bay City, which has never been retested or passed, has been returned to the market, sources tell me all cannabis which failed a retest is unavailable for sale until it is remediated or turned into concentrates. But what about the 18 people reported to have suffered reactions to the tainted medicine? Some have suffered allergic reactions, and some have been hospitalized for potential exposure to inhalants. The Marijuana Regulatory Agency refuses to provide additional information about the illnesses, the recall, or anything related to this story, but we'll continue to follow it closely. Is there fentanyl-laced cannabis in Michigan? Say it with me, people, hell no. But that didn't stop the Michigan Poison and Drug Information Center from issuing a holiday warning about fentanyl-laced cannabis in our state. This is not the first year they've issued that warning, and like in years past, it comes with no actual verified incidents in our state or in neighboring states either. Look, the information is all over the map on this one, so let's go slow. The Poison Center says it's an emerging threat in Michigan. Fox News claims, quote, several patients have been treated in out-of-state hospital emergency rooms for opioid exposure and overdose after they claim to have only smoked marijuana, end quote. Yet it seems only one actual sample of cannabis, including fentanyl, was ever documented in America, and that was in Connecticut. Michigan's Health and Human Services claims there have been eight suspected cases of fentanyl-laced cannabis in Michigan since June 1st of this year, but none of them has been confirmed by laboratory results. In July of this year, Forbes magazine discussed this hard-to-beat-down story about fentanyl and cannabis, but they concluded all the reports seem to be vague. Quote, reports of fentanyl-poisoned weed have circulated for years, but almost exclusively in news reports or press releases by police, end quote. Here's another one from Forbes. Marijuana laced with fentanyl is either so rare as to pose a risk more remote than one in a million. Forbes also quotes Dennis Cauchin, the president of Harm Reduction Ohio, who says, fentanyl-laced marijuana is a myth. Just a few days ago, Lee DeVito from the Metro Times authored an op-ed which carries the title, 
claim of fentanyl-laced weed in Michigan doesn't pass the smell test. In the article, DeVito points out that fact-checking website Snopes deemed claims of cannabis and fentanyl as false, while BuzzFeed called them, quote, the hardiest urban legend of the U.S. overdose crisis, end quote. DeVito writes that a number of reputable news sources have had to walk back their stories about fentanyl-laced pot after the victims admitted they were not being honest to first responders. Look, here's the bottom line. We can't stop Michigan government agencies from sounding the alarm, even if there is no clear and present danger to cannabis users. We can continue to be good advocates for our cause and bring facts to the table instead of fear-mongering. And we can continue on with our lives until and unless actual evidence is revealed, which would justify these annual notices from myopic and tone-deaf branches of government. And that's it for the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. Also in the heartland, we've talked a lot about how Missouri's medical marijuana program has really taken off. And now it looks like the Show Me State is more determined than ever to show they can run an adult use market too. For more on what's happening there, Brandon Jones has our Missouri Report. Hey everybody, it's Brandon Jones again with Distribution Maven with your Missouri Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. My first story today is, yeah, like you're talking about, Missouri is trying to get ready for the rec market here 2022. They've already started filing as of December. We could pre-file for legislation to be passed for bills here in the next uh, year. So one of the things that they filed on, there's actually seven bills that have already been pre-filed. And one does definitely tuck on, touch on recreational use. Another one talks about uh, social equity, giving uh, tax benefits to those who are owned by either minorities, women, or uh, veterans that have been injured. So they would all to get a tax benefit. Another big uh, bill that's going to be passed is not allowing uh, medical use of cannabis to be used against people in uh, family court anymore. I know there's some people close to me that are having issues with that right now, with they have to hide their cannabis use from the family court. And that's just medicine, like we all know. Uh, my second story today comes out of uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Uh, if we paid attention to St. Louis just recently, they passed decriminalization there. And now then this next legislation would pass, if passed, would not allow for cars to be searched just because of the odor. And not just cars, they are also talking about adding this to private residence as well. So simply because there's an odor of cannabis in the air does not mean that, that a crime has taken place. Because like we said, there is medical cannabis here in Missouri and hoping to have rec here in 2022. Let's go Missouri, get out, sign the vote, Let's get it passed. Thank you guys ever again. This is Brandon Jones from Distribution Maven through Missouri Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. Have a great weekend, guys. The Vermont Cannabis Board is choosing not to include some recommended labels on cannabis packaging. The Vermont Medical Society had urged the inclusion of warnings for things like psychosis, impaired driving, addiction, and uncontrollable vomiting, among others. But one board member says they didn't want to overload labels and would instead provide safety flyers for people purchasing cannabis. And in Vermont, we have Jesse Lynn Dolan with this week's Green Nurse Report. Jesse Lynn Dolan from Nurse Grown Organics and Vermont Cannabis Nurses, and this is the Weed Talk News Vermont Report. Vermont's Cannabis Control Board has rejected recommendations from the Vermont Medical Society and decided against both capping THC levels at 15% and recommending specific warning labels on the health effects of cannabis products. 
the Vermont Cannabis Control Board recently notified Vermonters of an attempted financial scam targeting prospective participants in the adult use cannabis marketplace. A caller claiming to be from the Cannabis Control Board demanded cash and private information in order to avoid fines. The board made a community announcement stating they will never demand money without it being part of a well-established process. The fentanyl-laced cannabis scares that made national headlines proved to be a fallacy. Friday, December 10th, the Vermont Growers Association hosted a Grow Your Own Business Development event at August 1st Bakery in Burlington, including updates on the latest adult use licensing proposals with community networking and baked goods on the menu. The towns of Wilmington, Rockingham, and St. Albans will now allow residents to vote on town meeting day as to whether they would like to opt in to cannabis retail sales or not. That's the Vermont Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Vermont's cannabis nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan. New Jersey is one step closer to selling legal weed. The Garden State will begin accepting applications for growers, processors, and testing labs on December 15th, followed by applications for dispensaries in March. Right now, there are no deadlines for filing those applications, and the only cap is on cultivation operations, allowing 37 licenses to be issued between now and 2023. Sticking with the East Coast, Claudia Post has our Pennsylvania report. I'm Claudia Post from Most Consulting Group right here in Pennsylvania, reporting for We Talk News. As you may recall last week, I talked to you about Dr. Oz, the world famous celebrity heart surgeon. Unfortunately, his health advice around COVID has been widely criticized by doctors, scientists, and lawmakers who now accuse him of peddling pseudoscience. If this is true, how credible an advocate will he be for marijuana? I am so happy to tell you that a bipartisan group of senators it's sort of amazing that bipartisan uh, part, introduced a bill to allow home grow. Pennsylvania is Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, and I like to say with Pennsylvania in between. The problem is, is that a lot of the dispensaries are far away from folks, and it's a burden to travel. It's costly. And so home grow will allow people to have their own medication with uh, a number of plants right in their own homes. Another exciting movement is on the way for a much anticipated bipartisan bill to legalize recreational marijuana. And I wanna tell you, we better hurry up because all the states around us are gonna do that and we don't wanna lose the revenue. John Fetterman, our wonderful Lieutenant Governor is pushing for expungement of cannabis records to restore opportunities for folks like housing, student financial aid and employment. It is ridiculous in this day and age to have been arrested for possession of marijuana. When do you carry this on your record? As we all know, it really impedes your ability to do so many things. So expungement is the way. Right here in Pennsylvania, there are 20,000 marijuana related cases and some cases go back decades. Nuts. Okay, everybody, this is a wrap for our Pennsylvania Cannabis Report. I'm Claudia Post from Most Consulting Group, and I'll be back next week to talk about what's hot 
and what's not in Pennsylvania. From We Talk News, have a great week. A Massachusetts cannabis company setting a record this week for the world's largest ever edible brownie. Yeah, the launch of the new Bubby's Baked Edible brand could easily launch someone into space with that THC content. And with that, Ron Marshallsee has our Bay State Report. I'm Ron Marshallsee with the Massachusetts Cannabis Report for We Talk News. Nana Northampton was one of the first medical dispensaries to open in Massachusetts. And since the adult use market launched in November of 2018, their Brookline location on Route 9 is the state's busiest. Now they've added a third combination medical and adult use dispensary in Franklin. PCM founder Jimmy Young was there to report on their grand opening. Saturday was a grand opening party in Franklin, Massachusetts for Netta, a multi-state operator owned by Parallel. Cannabis is big business in the Bay State with over $2 billion of weed sold since the adult market launched in 2018. This year alone, $1.2 billion is on the books for cannabis sales, now with over 170 dispensaries open around the state. Netta, New England Treatment Access, leads the pack, and their new Franklin facility covers 10,000 square feet. That space includes retail, with shelves stocked with the latest and hottest strains, concentrates, and tinctures and topicals. Plus, they now have a huge warehouse where vendors exhibited their products. A grand opening packed a huge parking lot that is attached to this facility but whenever those doors open for legal sale at a dispensary there is a huge relief and celebration from staff. Such an incredible and special moment. We are completely over the moon with excitement. I can't believe that the day is here. You know, we've really been planning and awaiting this day for, it seems like, almost two and a half years. And to be here, we have beautiful weather. This is our first grand opening where it's not snowing and raining and totally freezing. So it really worked out. We're so, so thrilled that the day's finally come. Speaking of brand new dispensaries in the Bay State, Ascend Newton opened this past Sunday, becoming Ascend's second dispensary in the state and joining Ready and Garden Remedies as the third dispensary in Newton. Andrea Cabral, CEO of Ascend Massachusetts, said in a statement, The opening of Ascend Newton represents an opportunity to better serve customers in Newton and other Boston suburbs by way of offering best-selling products and a best-in-class shopping experience. We are proud to have hired a diverse local staff and look forward to building relationships and supporting the Newton community. Customers can make appointments for in-store ordering and order online for pickup or delivery. And finally, a cannabis shop in Massachusetts set out to break a world record as they baked a pot brownie weighing 850 pounds. Marimed, the company who baked it, says it contains 20,000 milligrams of THC. The baking project honored National Brownie Day, which was on Wednesday, and it was also part of a promotion for Marimed's new brand of cannabis brownies, Buddy's Baked. That's this week's Massachusetts Cannabis Report. For Weed Talk News, I'm Ron Marshallsee. Bay State Cannabis Report is supported by Holyoke Cannabis, Holyoke's finest cannabis recreational experience.
We may be entering year three of a global pandemic, but at least cannabis gatherings are seeming to find some footing. Social gatherings have largely been put on pause, including for the cannabis industry. But Sensi Magazine recently got their team back out there, specifically at Boston's House of Blues. Our own Jimmy Young was there in the weeds with Sensi's team. Hi, everybody. What a special edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young here at the Foundation Room at the House of Blues in Boston with Richie Guerra and Jake Boynton from Sensi Magazine. This is all about connecting and networking. And how important is this, Jake, to get face-to-face communication with people from the cannabis industry? Oh, my gosh. It's so important. Are you kidding me, Jimmy? I mean, especially after the past year and a half or two years, we've had no in-person events. Making that face-to-face connection, it, it really lasts a lot longer than those Zoom calls, you know? So, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and Richie, yeah, Sensi Magazine's been doing this for years now all over the country in the various markets. You know, how special is doing it here in Boston? Uh, I mean, for myself, very special, as Jake and I are Boston University alumni, so right down the street from here. Uh, I won't hold that against you. pretty amazing. It's really good to feel <laughs> that. Yeah, thanks. Um no, I'm a tough guy, okay? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and furthermore, uh, in 2021, going into 2022 in Boston in the Massachusetts market, I mean, it's, uh, I currently am living in the New York market, establish myself in the Colorado market, you know, go to MJ Biz. I talk to people around the country, and this is uh, a hell of a business that is being established here, and we've all seen getting established, and uh, there's so many new products and new companies uh, coming online, and uh, so it's this is what's needed is events like this for those brands to be swapped out and these relationships to be built. And, you know, to go along with Jake's answer there, like cannabis is one prior to it ever being legalized is the kind of place that trust was obviously a big deal, you know, um, and that has bled over into the legal market as well. So that trust is established uh, in person at events like this, not just over Zoom or over an email. This has already been a $2 billion industry in Massachusetts, guys. That's total sales, um, which far surpasses what a lot of the projections were. The future looks bright. I'm guessing the future looks bright for Sensi Magazine, too. Yeah, I think so. Uh, You know, we expanded to uh, a bunch of new markets this year. You know, we had to roll back and stop printing for the 18 months that, you know, we were dealing with the pandemic. We're back in print now. We're expanding again, and uh, you know we're ready to welcome in new companies to what we're doing all over the country, not just in New England or Massachusetts. He's Jake Boynton. I'm Jimmy Young, and that's Rich Guerra. And this has been a special edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young somewhere in Boston at the Foundation Room at the House of Blues. And in a recent medical journal study, researchers found that marijuana makes sleeping worse, especially for regular users. Or at least that's what the headline from CNN reads. If you read the article, you'll find the study is actually inconclusive and there is no clear evidence that cannabis cuts into your REM cycle. So maybe, just maybe, the government could find a way to allow more studies on the plant. Until then, remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there, so use it wisely. I'm Elena Pinto for Weed Talk News and Pro Cannabis Media. 
Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of pro-cannabis media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area, now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge, and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Difference is building a solution for that individual. Not just a custom, here's a box, here's a video, here's how you make your VMS. We custom design and custom build every situation for exactly what the customer needs. And we keep the cost low. We have multiple tiers, you know, as far as what you're looking at on the cost side of things. If you want a one-time, you know, where you just pay one initial cost, we have that. If you want to maintain your system and have the highest protection and highest capabilities and highest upgrades at all times, we have different plans for you. But we scale it so it's scalable and affordable 100%. Cannabis Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at ProCanna Media, on Instagram at ProCannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at ProCannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on ProCannabis Media, Twitter at ProCanna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash ProCannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media.